0: In a world of covert culinary criminal coalitions, Jean-Carlo. Oui, chef, reformed criminal and celebrity chef, Butch Orson. Prepare the brigade. Oui, chef, Is dragged back into the dark realm of criminal kitchens. Behind. When old rivals threaten his life's work. Corner. <laughs> Butch is brought back...
1: <sighs> ...hot. No, 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 no!
0: For one... <laughs> last...
1: Yeah.
0: Cook. Open Pandora's Oven.
1: Yes, yes Chef!
0: John Wick meets Hell's Kitchen in Yes, Chef, a comedic actual play adventure of kooky culinary combat, refried revenge, and untold gastronomic horrors. Yes, Chef is out now on the Dungeons and Drimbus podcast feed. Butchie, a genuine pleasure to see you. <laughs> I'm Tanya Thompson, horror writer and creator of Nightlight, the Black Horror Podcast. This week, we hear a story from Sharon Colors. Sharon is known for her romance novels, and this story is one of her first forays into horror. Today's episode is narrated by the amazing Sheree Stewart, and a big thanks to our patrons, Aaron and A.L. We could not keep fresh horror in your ears every Tuesday without you. And now, Daddy's Home by Sharon Colors.
1: Halloween isn't a joke in my house. Not anymore. There are no chocolate candies or cut-out goblins, no taffy apples, no smiling spiders plastered to windows. And there's definitely no laughing. My sisters and I learned a long time ago not to laugh or even talk too loudly. Everything from midnight to midnight on the 31st is spoken softly in this house. It's been this way since we were young, Since before, I could remember. Since around the time my father went away. You took the garbage out, Annie, my mother asks. The grooves around her eyes are deeper this morning. Yeah. Can't help the peeve in my voice, and my mom looks up from scrambling the breakfast eggs, spatula paused over a popping skillet. So what's your problem today? Don't have a problem. Hmm. Sounds like it. Now go upstairs and wake your sisters. They're sleeping like the dead. She realizes what she said, shuts up, and goes back to the eggs. And I go upstairs to my sister's bedrooms. (laughs) Jordan is lying face down, her head half hidden under her pillow. It's nearly 8, and she went to bed at 7 last night. She's trying to escape in her dreams. My own dreams have never provided any safety. Get up already, I yell, then quickly clamp my mouth shut as I realize my mistake. She stirs slowly, mumbling, Leave me alone. She finally gets out softly, like it should be spoken, like I should have spoken a second ago. She grimaces as she slowly realizes the day is here and she does have to leave the haven of her bed. She sits on the edge of her bed, rubs her eyes, and looks at me finally. Damn, she says mournfully. I nod. Yeah, I know. I gotta get Taylor up. But when I go to Taylor's bedroom, she's not there. The bathroom door is open, and she's not there either. So I know where she is. I head to the north closet, pull the stepladder to the center, push open the door to the attic, and climb up. No proverbial spiderwebs up here. My mom keeps it tidy. Taylor's sitting on the trunk near the window, her head down. She looks up at me, and I can see tears in her eyes. Taylor's 13, but looks 10. Small-chested and baby-faced, she gets teased about it enough. Girls can be bitches. Today, she looks much older. You didn't sleep? My sister shakes her head. Couldn't. Did you? A little. Not much. She's silent as she twiddles a finger. Why is it like this? She asks. Why are we so different? Mom says we're special. At least, Daddy is. Taylor looks out the spotless window, not even a fly speck. You ever think about running away? I shake my head and think about Angela. Not anymore. Maybe if we all left. We tried that, remember? Taylor shakes her head. Oh, I guess you don't. You were only three then. It had snowed that Halloween, an unexpected October blizzard. Still, Mom had wrapped us up and bundled us four girls into a car. The car didn't make it very far before it stalled. For some reason, she didn't try to go any farther, as though she knew that she couldn't, that there was nowhere to run to, because we had run before, and he always found us, eventually. I remember my loud words minutes before, I had broken a silent covenant. Strangely, I wasn't frightened, not like I should have been. I was tired of the fear. In the corner on an old spinet lay pictures of all of us face down, but I remember the faces. Mom, Daddy, and eight sisters. Five are gone now. Lynn, Seda, Donnie, Sienna, and Angie. Angie had run, but like Mom, she learned she couldn't run far enough. We'd move afterwards. People might ask questions. I wish things were different. M- maybe this time he'll, I don't know, maybe he's not as mad as before. I didn't say anything. I'd wish the same thing when I was her age. That was two years ago. We never knew which sister he would want to go live with him. And always he'd say the same damn thing. So the court said I can't have my kids. Fuck the courts. I'm going to have all my kids. All of them. One time, I'd asked Mom about his words, and she told me that he yelled them that first time on the courthouse steps. We were staying at my Aunt Sylvia's at that time. Taylor was a baby. I was almost three. I don't remember Aunt Sylvia. Daddy killed her when I was four. The police chased him down, and he got killed. We thought we were safe. But that first Halloween after Aunt Sylvia's murder, he came to the apartment door, smiling, all of his teeth and a good part of his lower skull exposed. His eye was shot out and the dirt spilled from his burial clothes. Only we heard my mother scream as he said, I'm back! No one ever heard a scream, like no one cared. I talked Taylor down from the attic. It was Saturday, no school, but there were still chores. My mother learned a long time ago it was better to keep us busy, to keep our minds off of things to come. So, for the rest of the day, floors got swept, rugs vacuumed. Mom cleaned out the refrigerator. We girls cleaned up our rooms, although they were always neat, the way Daddy had always instructed us. Sheets were ironed, toilets brushed white and sinless. Mom never forgot the punishments for crumbs. Jordan remembered the broken arm when she had shouted while playing in the living room. She never forgot that Daddy liked quiet. So on Halloween, we keep silent. And we do what females are supposed to do. Shut up and do what we're told. Only three of us left to take. Which one tonight? That's the thought on all of our minds as the sun drifts away condemning us to the night. We turn on all the lights, turn on the television, turn the volume down. I want to run to the Stanleys across the way, but over the years, another lesson learned. You pull other folk in, they get hurt. Killed, even. At least those who would give you any help. We also learned the truth about All Hallows' Eve. The dead do walk, seeking vengeance for wrongs done to them. See, I found out some time ago that it wasn't the police who killed Daddy. After he slid on Sylvia's throat for hiding us away from him, and after the police got after him, Mom found out he hadn't run far. One night as she walked to her car in a dark parking lot, he just appeared. He didn't know she kept a gun since the murder, probably didn't have time to realize when the bullet ripped the top of his face apart. The police said self-defense, and so did the courts. Everything should have been alright after that, but it wasn't. Sometimes he simply broke open a door. Other times he managed to slip through locked windows. One year we boarded up the windows. It didn't work. A couple of years it seemed he forgot us. But then he came for Sienna. We called her Cinny. She was always getting into stuff, always laughing. And then Angie, last year. You're older than both of us, Taylor says to Jordan as Jordan sits staring in front of the television. Survivor is on. Taylor's thrown up about three times and has just come down from cleaning the bathroom. Does that make you feel any better, you little turd? She's angry, but not at her sister. That's how it is when you're maybe about to die or something much worse. Don't call your sister that Joe. My mother is sitting in the armchair, her face drawn, watching her. I hate her for not protecting us. I hate her for being stupid enough to marry someone like him. Someone like her own father. Between those two, she simply doesn't have enough fight left. My hate ebbs a little, but I do have fight left. I will do something, somehow. He wasn't going to take me or my sisters. Not this Halloween. I run upstairs and pull out every aspirin bottle, every old prescription and I run back downstairs. Here, we can take these, come on we don't have to wait for him anymore, I say fighting for breath. For a second, my mother's eyes brighten, then just as quickly dim back to lifelessness. I don't believe in that, you can lose your soul. Mom, we don't have any souls left. He took all of our souls a long time ago, even before he died. Is that right? A whisper comes from over my left shoulder. He'd stuck in again. How? Jordan jumps up and runs to the kitchen. I hear the rattling of chains. I hear the door open. I hear it quickly slam shut. She didn't make it out. Taylor draws into a corner whimpering. Mom just sits there, staring away from us. I turn and I look at the decomposed face. Twelve years can ravage a dead man like that. He's smiling, always smiling, because he knows he owns us. Not that he really wants us. He just doesn't want mom to have us. The sound of breaking glass comes from the kitchen. Jordan again. He doesn't even go through his usual spiel. These are my kids, bitch. They were never yours. Before anyone can blink, he swoops up Taylor and she screams and screams. Mom doesn't move. Tears flowing down her face. Jordan runs in from the kitchen, shaking her head. No! No! In the morning, Mom will tell people that Taylor has gone to live with her father, and then the rest of us will move again. But not this time. I thought Jordan had been trapped in the kitchen, but it seems she did make it outside. The glass must have been her breaking in again because she has an axe in her hand. How can no one hear Taylor screaming? It's enough to wake the dead if they weren't already awake. My sister's face is contorted with terror as Daddy lays a kiss on her forehead and says, My baby, you're gonna like the grave. It's so dark down there. I grieve for all my sisters as I grab the axe and without a thought, wham it into Daddy's head. The skull falls off and bounces across the floor and just as quickly rolls back. Daddy drops Taylor on the floor so he can pick up his head and places it back on his ravaged body, clothes shredded all to hell. He cackles and then shrugs to say, see, you can't kill me. I still have the axe in my hand and suddenly I know what will end all of this because it occurred to me seconds before. My breath stills with the thought. My hand shakes as both fear and grief work their way through my body. He doesn't want us. He never wanted daughters anyway, wished we were boys. All he wants is to hurt Mom. This is between them. He wants to destroy her, to reduce her to nothing. I look at her. Just a second. The message passes silently between us. She nods. No suicide for her, but this, this is alright. I don't feel the splatter, but I do see my father suddenly shake and howl before he disappears. Into nothing but dust, something he should have done a long time ago. Taylor grabs my arm, and Jordan cries softly behind me. And for the second time on Halloween, I break the silence, my scream of grief and triumph piercing the night.
0: Our interview with Sharon is available on the episode webpage. Just go to nightlightpod.com click on Episodes, and scroll to the July 31st post. Thanks again to our patrons. If you would like to join us, go to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. And thanks also to Dion Obesso and Looptidoo for volunteering their time to edit this story and the audio. One last thing before we go. We would love for all of our listeners to join us on Patreon, but understand that not everyone is able to do that. If that's you, don't worry. You can still support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform and by sharing the podcast with your friends and family on social media. We'll be back next week with another story.